Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by sibling ministers discussing topics of faith and family. Man, so I am just so thankful for this new year. I feel invigorated. I feel just so charged for what is ahead for us together and individually. Um, but just what we're going to do for this year with the spiritual disciplines, you already know yes. when this came to fruition, I was like, come on, Lord. Yes, <laughs> it is going all the way down. <laughs> so yes. to start today with the topic of prayer, out of all the disciplines, what is it about prayer that made you drawn to this topic so the way that you are, because I know prayer is a big thing for you, but what was it about this topic that made you just so drawn to it? Um, well, first and foremost, um, I, I got a pretty um, up close exposure to it last year. Um, when I started, uh, when I went back to school, actually, I had a class on prayer and um, really just revolutionized um, just not only my heart for prayer, uh, but really just... Um, even just a conviction um, for maybe even just a lack of prayer or um, just really recognizing the power and just the fact that we as believers um, deny the Lord the opportunity to move <laughs> and what we, we pray, for <laughs> um, lack of a better word, um, we pray for the Lord to do something and we don't even realize what it is that we're doing. So just really just to kind of uh, educate the believer and, and just everything that, that taught that I learned as a result of that. I just felt like it was just something that was beneficial um, and fruitful for all of us really to just kind of take shape and, and really just kind of over the year, you know, we all set resolutions and things like that. And prayer being what it is, being that kind of direct line to God, if you will. Um, we really just need to get a good habit of that. And even as we go into the rest of the disciplines, I feel like it'll kind of just set a good tone for um, in our communication with God. And as the Lord is speaking to us, um, you know, that we have that prayer line really intact. Um, and, and can work on that throughout the years or even on other disciplines. I think it's a great thing to launch us into the year. And I know one of the things that really um, struck me the closer that we got to today is one, like even as you're talking about, like you were, you were talking about it as a believer, you know, and just talking about the conviction as a believer for prayer and just how we can still grow in prayer and how we can just still learn so much and do more with mm -hmm. our prayer life consistent just improve in different ways as individuals who are believers right now but it's really for everyone because there are other people who aren't in the faith that have curiosities have struggles have thoughts have desires and interests concerning prayer um or former believers who got jaded and they still you know, there's something for people who even like atheists or agnostics or other religion type, um, you know, believer, whatever they believe, prayer is something they still have in say. And so when you talk to them, whether you encounter them at the store or at your job or wherever you might see people, um, it's something that is not uncommon to hear an, a non-Jesus follower say something about prayer or wanting prayer or praying for you, you know, like. It's something that people acknowledge, but, you know, we understand the power in praying to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I just love that this is a topic that no matter where you are, we're not just believers trying to teach believers who are prayer warriors about prayer. We're not trying to empower the prayer warrior for prayer. You know, we're trying to grow and prune each other, sharpen each other in prayer. So I'm excited to glean from you 
and just to hear like what your, is on your heart concerning this topic. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not an expert on prayer either. And I think it's something that, you know, when you think about prayer, there's not many people that would actually say, I'm an expert or I'm a professional prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we do have prayer warriors and intercessors and things like that, but it's not something you walk around with a badge of honor like, yeah, I, I, I begin to did. Um, and so it's definitely something that I think we all can learn from. And like I said, I mean, even me just taking that class, I learned about prayer, even though I was already in the mode of prayer. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, it really just, it did two things. It really, it challenged me to pray more, um, to pray longer, but also helped me to understand how I was praying. So it wasn't just the fact that I wasn't praying enough. It was, what was I praying about? And so, um, I think those are some of the things that, again, there's such a, I think, such a surface level understanding of prayer. And you kind of hit it when you talked about, you know, different religions and even people who aren't believers would say, I pray, you know what I'm saying? Like people might bless a meal or whatever the case is, or like, yeah, I'm going to be praying for you, you know, when you have a loss or something to that effect. But it's such a, a, a flippant, um, and I don't say that negatively, but I think it's just such a, a thing that we just, that's just a part of us as people. We just assume, okay, I'm going to pray in this situation. Um, and so really just understanding prayer in its true essence. Um, I don't think we really actually sat down and just had legitimate conversations about this is prayer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, when that hit me like that last year, it was just like, man, like, we need to really be talking about this because when we think about prayer, we just say like, how often are you praying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or did you pray about that? Like, that's really it. You know what I'm saying? And it's those two questions that that's all we ask. And it's like, well, are you seeking the Lord? Like, are you really in communion when you talk about prayer? Or are you just asking for something else? You know what I'm saying? And so really just getting to the heart of prayer, I think was really something that I, you know, when we talk about disciplines is really something we want to really stress to the believers. What is your discipline of prayer? Because if it's a spiritual discipline, it's not just like, Hey, do you do it? Yeah, great. Okay, you check the box. But like, are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, as the Lord would want you to do it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just I'm used to be able to just really talk about that. And again, uh, as I talk about it more, it's a challenge because you know us as speakers and teachers, we have a higher accountability. And so, if we're going to talk about something. We got to make sure that we're also being challenged to do the very same thing that we're stressing to others. So, um, it's definitely something as we talk about the beginning of the year. Prayer is one of those things for me that it's like, I want to pray more. I want to pray often. I want to pray about everything. Um, and I joke all the time when I was uh, younger. It's like, I pray for a parking spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, people will joke about that. But like, oh, it's just a parking spot. Walk. And I'm like, yeah, but the Bible says pray about all things. You know what I'm saying? And so it wasn't the matter of like, I mean, I said it almost like to get people to understand, like, we're talking to the Lord. And so if prayer is that, like, why can't I talk to him about, Lord, I want favor, like today, you know what I'm saying? I want to be close. All those things. I think if we can just develop a habit of just praying about anything, then when we get to those moments where we think, man, is God really going to listen to that? Like, you don't have that attitude towards it. So it might have sounded comical, but at the end of the day, it was like, I wanted everything to, to exude me and the Lord. So for me, it sounded funny, but it was it was real talk, you know what I'm saying? And, and I would see the favorite in some instances where I was like, Lord, I don't want to be driving around in circles all the time. Like, I want to be able to get in and get out. I got things to do. I, I don't want to be idle with my time. Lord, can you provide us? So when you think about it in those contexts, it's not just like, Lord, I just want to be pre preferred. You know what I'm saying? I'm just looking for your blessing. But it's more so you can have the attitude of like, why did I do that? And, and in the will of God, if I think about my time being wasted as a result of me thinking about this spot, it changes the nature of why I chose to pray for that. You know what I mean? So I think that's really where the attitude we need to get to. Make you go there, but you're already doing something. I just want you to understand because even this little example that you're giving is literally like, 
you're teaching us a method of why we're asking for what we're asking for. So when you pray about everything, you pray about everything, but there is a reason as to why you want what you want. So I know I'm not going to jump ahead, but I know you're going to address that at some point, but that, that is a micro example of it's not just because I want the parking space because you love me and favor ain't fair. No, you have reasons and legitimate reasons. And so when you have that relationship with God and you're using that in your request to God as to why you want this, then he factors that in as to whether or not, yes, this parking space is about to open up and go with that blessing. But not so that you can brag and be like, yeah, man, every time I ask the Lord for a parking space, you know, he loves me because I'm his favorite well, child. Well, there's the handicap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I just want to put that out there because you said that. And I don't even think you realize what you just did by using that example. So go forth, man. Just go forth. I'm, well, I'm a, I, you can bring it back when it needs to go. Because, yeah, I don't want to jump too far off of, of you know, because I, I definitely I really want to kind of like make sure we stay in a vein because, yeah, it, it's important. And. and I think it really will be a, a lesson of some sorts for people who, again, probably have been praying for some time, but not really thought about what it meant to pray. So, uh, yeah, let's get into a, de a definition uh, of prayer. So, uh, you know, I look at prayer as one of those things that you either um, you respect it a lot um, or you're afraid of it. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about it all the time and we recognize the fact that every believer should pray. And we know that it involves our relationship with God. But again, like. I don't think there's a lot of people that would ever say that I'm great at praying. Um, it would almost feel like sacrilegious to say that, right? We feel like it's prideful to say, yeah, like I, I'm a professional prayer, but um, it is something that we definitely need to value and, and hold dear to our, our life and faith. Um, and so when we think about what is prayer, um, you know, a dictionary might define it as a request submitted to God. So if you're just asking the Lord for something, that would be what prayer is. Um, one writer defines prayer as the turning of the soul to God. Um, and, and that, again, for me, was just kind of like a revelatory thought. of like, Man, I think about when I pray, and especially growing up and, and growing in maturity, prayer was just, I'm just asking God for something. Not necessarily waiting for God to come back to me or anything like that, but it was just my response to God. Um, and so when I think about it as my soul turning to God, that even has nothing to do with a request. You know what I'm saying? That's my heart. Um, and so um, I remember as a young Christian, I just thought of, of it as just communication. Like, that's just me and God talking. Um, and so if we think about it like that, like, it has to be underwhelming to think like, man, like, we're actually talking to a heavenly father. And a lot of times we don't come with that respect or that reverence of like, I'm talking to a heavenly father. Um, and so um, we are talking to God, but I think the misnomer has always been that we're not just talking to God or at God, we're talking with God. So if it is communication, like if, like you and I right now, if I'm doing all the talking and you, you ain't saying nothing, that's not communication. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so if it's going to be something where we say prayer is communication, are we hearing from the Lord as well? And so I think that understanding that and changing just that little tiny word of like, I'm not talking to God, I'm talking with God, that should change the entire dynamic of policy prayer. So, um, I'm going to let you jump in right there because I feel like you, you kind of want to maybe say or just, yeah, just hit me. <laughs> okay. The part at the end, because you have actually a few things, but I want to just, I don't want to be greedy. There's a lot here. But you did, you did. <laughs> but the last thing that you said about we're talking with God, not just to God. And so it's one of those things that if we are, are, if we want something from the Lord and 
you said we have to be willing to hear from him too, right? Like it's not just us talking to him and us talking to him and us telling him what we want and how we feel. It has to be, we're open to letting him talk back to us, right? If that means yes. we have to be open to let him talk back to us, that means I don't get to dictate what you say back to me, right? I don't get to dictate yes. what comes out of you to me because you are inside of you. And that's just on a human level, but take it to the all sovereign Lord. We, because he is the creator God, he is sovereign over everything. He's the creator, we're the created ones. He's not a pagan God, he's not a genie. He's not, he does not move on our terms based on what we want, how we feel. Again, as we learn and grow in prayer, we figure out all these elements. But when the reason why I'm saying this is because I think people need to hear whether they're believers or, um, you know, not fully in Christ or whatever the case is, we need to understand that we have to be willing to let God talk back to us. But we can't be mad when he says something that isn't what we wanted him to say. Mm, that's good. That's good. You're asking God, okay, Lord, I need you to help me be more patient. I need you to help me with the situation. Okay. Well, the, res the response that God is going to give you is not like, okay, here's an empty thing. You're out of patience. I'm just going to pour some more patience in there. He's not going to do that. What he's going to do is he's going to send you down the street, send you to work, send you to your husband or your wife, and a situation is going to go down. Now be patient. Or he's going to send you to the word of God and show you an instance in where you weren't patient or where you were exercising a patience in, in real life. And when you see that instance and conviction starts going on or the Lord is telling you now is the time to walk in patience because you have asked me to help you be patient. Lord, strengthen me to be patient today. Okay, in this moment that's about to happen, are you going to pull on what I have given you in my word? Are you going to rely on how I am going to guide you to the situation or how I would want you to respond to the situation to be patient? Or are you just going to do you and just say, I'm going to repent later if you decide to repent later? So, I mean, it's a lot of different dynamics. Or again, if you ask the Lord for a, a, a car, a house, a physical thing that's tangible, but you are wanting it just because you want it, you want to be flashy or you just have impure motives. God does. He says no because not because he's mean, but because you you're not asking with the right heart and spirit about it. So therefore you just need to be open to how God is going to respond to you and just know that everything he's saying is not necessarily going to be what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? That's good. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, if everything we do in, in our life is to be conformed to the image of Christ, then everything we do should, we should be able to point to Christ as an example. And so when I think about prayer, the biggest, uh, or one of the greatest examples that I like to lean on is when Jesus prayed in the garden, right? And he was like, let this cup pass for me. Now, any of us in that situation would have been like, Man, Lord, I don't want to do this. Like, you have the power, Lord, like, take it away. Like, don't let me have to do this. He prayed that, but then he also said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So when you think about the nature of that prayer, he wanted to, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, he recognized that the will of God was greater than his will. And if we understand that, you know, the Bible says, um, this is the will of God, your sanctification, like we have to recognize that us growing in Christ 
is the will of God. So if God wills something, if God grants you something, it is for the purpose of him getting the glory because your sanctification is his glory. So when he grants a prayer, it's not just because you asked for it, because but because you asked for something in his will that he's willing to grant because he wants to bless that situation. He wants his name to be glorified, not just you to have favor. And again, you know, you, you hinted about it a little bit earlier, but we usually pray for the favor of God, <laughs> not realizing that the favor of God from his standpoint is his will, <laughs> not just like, hey, I want you to have a Cadillac. Like he might give you a Toyota and just like, I just want you to get around because you need to get around. But you think, man, I have a cat. Like, man, I made it. I'm blessed. And it's like, that's not the favor of God. Like the favor of God is I got you wheeled. You know what I'm saying? We see the fruit of, of finances. We're like, man, like we're, we're blessed. We're highly favored. But when you say that, do you understand what God says when he says that you're blessed and highly favored? And I think we might even talk about this in one of the books when, when we talked about the, the spiritual blessings that God gives us. Like our blessings are like, man, like, I got a chain. I got this. I got that. Like the Lord blessed me with a, a fine house. Like my woman is all that. Like that's our blessing. Right. And God's like, you don't see any of that in the book when I'm talking about blessing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like when we ask for things like, and again, James says like you ask amiss so that you can consume it upon your own lust. So sometimes we're asking for something just because we want it. Not that that's what God wants for us. And so when we don't get it, we're like, man, like the Lord don't really want to bless me. Well, he does. Your idea of blessing and his idea of blessing ain't the same thing. So if you get it twisted, you're not going to get what you're looking for because God was like, you needed this. You wanted this, but you needed this. And I provided you this or I said no because that actually would have took you further away from me if I would have gave it to you. You can't see that. So I'm just going to say no and leave it at that and let you go and move and pout. But you have to understand that if I give you exactly what you asked for, you're not going to see me as God. You're going to see me as, okay, yeah, like I'm balling, I'm this, I'm that. And you're going to look at yourself. But when I bless you, you're going to bless me back. That's the difference between us recognizing that God is honored and us being blessed because we're still looking at him like, okay, Lord, I appreciate you. I'm praising you for what I have, not just I just want more and I'm thinking about myself in the process. And and again, that's where most of our prayers go is we want something, but not to the glory of God. It's to the glory of ourself. So this ties in with the listener question, but um, cause we're your, this is a good segue. What, what are you seeing as a common approach to prayer? Because you're, you're talking a lot about, you know, People just praying to be blessed by God. Lord, this, this, Lord, this, this. It's always Lord, I want, or I'm praying because someone else needs this. Um, it's yeah. about the blessing of things. And like you're saying, it's it's not the the spiritual blessings and the things that God wants to enrich us and, and shape us and things like that. So can you just kind of talk about a little bit what you're seeing or have seen as a common approach to prayer? And then um, I want to throw yeah. in one of the listener questions because I think that kind of will tie into this where we are now. For sure. So uh, D.A. Carson actually writes, he says, the unvarnished truth is that what we most frequently give thanks for betrays what we most highly value. If a large percentage of our thanksgiving is for material prosperity, it is because we value material prosperity proportionately. In other words, we say that we love God, but our prayer life is us loving ourselves more. And so if we're always praying for ourselves, we're actually showing that we value ourselves more than we value God. And so Again, the most common form of prayer would be supplication. We're asking God something for ourselves or for someone else. So whether it be intercession or for ourselves, we're asking for something. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it is a form of prayer. And it is a prayer that God hears and that God will honor. I think 
why we find ourselves probably either frustrated in prayer or uh, where we're not getting prayers answered is because one, that's the only type of prayer we're typically giving out. But then secondly, it's not founded typically in the truth of God or in the will of God. So we're asking for something because we want it and we're expecting God to just grant it. And then we think he's a bad guy when he doesn't give it to us. If that true, again, and you, you said it beautifully that if we recognize that God is also intimately involved in prayer, then we should know that through his word, why he doesn't answer something. Um, and so if we don't get it the way that we want it, we have to recognize, well, why did we want it to begin with? And if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the will of God, if we, if we didn't include God in the prayer, which is like, man, Lord, I just want this. Well, is that really going to be good for you? And so if he said no to you, would you be okay with him saying no to you? And I think how we pray typically defines our theology because we'll look at it. Okay. Like God didn't give that to me. So God must be, upset at me or God must be um, maybe God's not who he said he was or he can't fulfill that need. And we start to look at God differently based on an unanswered prayer where not realizing, okay, Lord, if Romans eight twenty eight is, is accurate, you know what I'm saying? If I trust the word, then when I don't hear the answer that I wanted, that doesn't change God. That should help shape my perspective of the fact that God doesn't change. So if it's not answered, I look back at him and say, okay, Lord, there's a reason why you didn't grant that. Not, oh man, look, what's going on with God today? Like maybe, you know, he had a bad Taco Bell day or something like that. Like, no, that's us. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to look at ourselves and realize that not everything we ask for is going to be granted, but we have to understand that what does God want to do even if he doesn't grant that? And I, I think that's a beautiful thing even about patience is that sometimes God doesn't just like grant things right off the back because we would go to him as if like, oh, like, if I'm hungry, I'm going to go straight to my fridge. I'm going to put something out. I'm eating right then and there. You know what I'm saying? Like we go to fast food because we don't want to cook. We don't want to wait for things. And so I think there's such a blessing in waiting that if God granted us everything, we would not have the relationship with God that we have. We wouldn't mature if we got everything as soon as we asked for it. So I think that there's even a blessing in not having prayers answered. But we have to know that, right? <laughs> Bible says, count in all joy. Um that develops patience. And so it says, let patience have its perfect work. Then you may be perfect and entire, not lacking anything. If you don't realize that, then your theology is based on the fact that God didn't give it to you. Not on the fact that patience is what he was wanting to stir up in you. So it's the more you know the word, I think it allows you to be able to recognize that prayer is a medium and a method in which God can operate and speak back to you. So when he's not speaking, can you be still and know that he is God? You know, Psalm 46, 10. So it's, it's all of that working to the point of you being able to realize like, okay, it's not just about the fact that I wanted something, but God can even speak even in the stillness. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a good, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I have two things because, okay, you pretty much just addressed that one. Cause the person basically said, um, people think when they ask God for something, he should do it right then and there. So you definitely address that question. But, um, there's two things that I, I get out of this. Um, First of all, you're t you were talking about the love of God versus us loving ourselves. Um, so we say that we love God and then all we're seeking is for God to just do what we want and to be blessed by him. And what this gave a picture in my head was like um, us as children, like go all the way to infancy. Right. When we are born in this earth, we don't have the mental capacity yet to um, know how to ask for what we want and need. We don't even really recognize our parents are who our parents are until, you know, we're old enough to realize, oh, this is a mom. This is a dad, you know, but we all only understand that 
by our chemistry and by sheer action, we cry, they feed us, they change us, they clothe us, they provide a home for us, they shelter us, all these things, they just provide a need, right? So in the same way, we are God's children and God clothes us, he feeds us, he provides home, he provides shelter, all these different things. But there's a point in time that we come into acknowledging now that we have a mind once we get to older childhood, you know, whether that's toddler, older elementary kids, whatever, we know our parents are who our parents are and we now know how to ask for things. So we start asking for things. Can I have candy? Can I have a popsicle? Can I have, can I have, can I have, right? And most of the stuff that we want is we just want to do what we want to do. We want to stay up late. We want to play outside. We want to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And they tell us no a lot of times. Why? It's dark outside. You need rest. You can't go across the street because, you know, you'll get hit by a car. You can't go here because you don't know who's over there. You can't have this because you can't ha have so much sugar in your system. You know, like there's reasons why they tell you no, but they don't say no and here's why. They just say no, period. <laughs> There's no explanation. So as you get older, even more, then you start understanding now, oh, clearly we can't just live on sugar because why? Health. Clearly, it's not safe to run in streets. Clearly, I would be dead if I ran and played in the street. You know, so some of these things start making sense the older that we get. But the key of this thought process is even at the youngest age that we know how to ask for something, at what point do you think it would have made sense for any of us as a child to just run away from home and ask to be emancipated and be like, you know what? They said no to me. I'm leaving. Right. I'm going to now provide for myself. I'm going to now feed myself, clothe myself, do everything because I'm going to tell myself yes for everything, because when I want something, I should have it. What sense does that make? So if we trusted our parents as infants, toddlers, elementary, all that, all the way up, and they told us no, and we didn't run away from home every time they told us no, why do we get to run away from the Lord when he tells us no because we didn't get what we wanted because we wanted it, and then not only did he tell us no, but he didn't give us an explanation. So I'm leaving the Lord. I'm not going back to church. I don't want to deal with church people. I don't want to pray. I don't want you praying for me. Excuse me. Excuse me. So that's the one. And then the last part is when you said of not speaking, even the firmest believers, there are periods of silence where God just is silent. But just like you said, there is something happening in the silence. He's still moving on his end in the silence, but he's watching you to see, are you going to crumble because you feel like he's not there. You feel like he's not abandoned you. Again, remember, if you become a student of his word, if you meditate in it day and night, like he is encouraging us to do all the time, you know that he has not left you. He's not forsaken you. You know he has, right? So it's not like he's like, I'll be back when I get good and ready to finally give you it. He's still there. He's just, we're done with this topic right here. I know when I'm going to send the blessing down. I know when I'm going to get deliver this to you. However, there's some other things that need to happen before you receive this. You don't understand all those dynamics because all of us are not, we don't have the ability to think as far and see as wide as God can. And so just like our parents can see the people in the streets and the vehicles and, and all the other things that we couldn't see to tell us no, to protect us and keep us safe and to be wise, that's what God does with us.
So if we have entrusted our lives to him and committed ourselves to him, we need to understand and be willing to accept when he says no, it's okay. And again, there's so many Psalms that remind you, um, the Lord is my portion. So even if he doesn't give me nothing else, I still have him. So that's my portion. I don't need what I asked for. It's okay. I still have God. He didn't take his spirit from me. He didn't take his presence from me. It's fine. He says that if I have clothing, if I have food, he's not going to let me be um, forsaken. He's not going to let me beg for bread. So I'm just going to have godliness and contentment and I'm going to be okay. God's going to take care of me. It's fine. It's a humility. It's an attitude. It's a character shaping that needs to happen. We're not seeing those things because again, we're not bringing ourselves down, our minds down, our souls down to a point of humility to really line up with the word the way that we need to line up with the word. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. And, and the thing that, that kind of you were saying that is just, uh, you know, God is the word. And so sometimes when we don't hear God's voice, if we are meditating in the word, we can be sure that his word can also be, can speak to us in that moment. So sometimes we're looking for an answer, not even realizing that the word can be that answer. <laughs> if we're willing to, to recognize the character of God, like if we're more like, can this happen? Can I do this? Can I do that? And it's like, sometimes we wait for God to say something that he's already said. And if we knew that, you know what I mean? Like we can be sure that God would has already confirmed that in his word. So that should be acceptable um, in that particular vein. So there's a lot of those things where I think, again, um, you know, God might be silent, but again, it's as we've stored up the word in our heart, we should be able to then respond and that be the outpouring of our heart. Um, again, through that communion with God. So even though we're not getting an answer, sometimes the Lord's like, I just want to see if you're going to really stay faithful to what you already knew. Like you're waiting for me to give you a new word when I've already given it to you. So will you do it when you don't hear from me? And so sometimes it's almost like that test of like, hey, we did the study for the last six weeks. Like now it's on you to kind of make me passing this test. Like ain't no more. It's not open book at this point. Like I'm not giving you any more answers. I'm not doing like, where are you at with what I've already provided you? So I think that's sometimes one of the things where it's like, if we've stored that up, or even if we hadn't, like, do we know where to go find it to be able to make sure, okay, like, I know that that's the Lord because he doesn't change. And if it says it here, like, he's not going to give me a different answer when he finally does communicate with me. He's going to say, yes, that's that's me right there. And the spirit will connect to what we're reading in that, that vein. So, um, yeah, again, it's we would have the confidence as we trust in the Lord and what he's already provided and what he said in his word. And that's really good, too, because I just want to say this, and I'll let you go to your next point, but... Um... We need to get to a point where we're going to God as our first response every time instead of as a last resort. You know, going to God in prayer and going to the word. So even after we've prayed, you know, I always have talked about this, you know, even throughout last year and whoever knows whenever else I've said it. But I talk about how we cannot just read the verse of the day on the Bible app and think that we've been in the word of God. We need to be in the word, meditating in the word, having a, a habit, habitual studying um cycle routine in our lives that keeps us around the word of God. Um, yes, you have audio Bibles. Yes, you have different ways that you can be consuming the word, but you need to be consuming the word so that it's hidden in you, that you can have it in there. So that way it's not like a stranger that you're coming to asking for something, right? Because um, how is it that like we have people in our lives that we know, whether they're friends or uh, relatives, and we only talk to them when we need something, but if we don't need anything or we're not in trouble, we don't call them. We don't see, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I was just thinking about you, whatever, whatever. We need to be going to God 
and not just because something's wrong, not just because we need something. We should just be going to God because you said, pray about everything. Lord, I can be you. I'm just praying to you because I just want to talk to you right now. I just want to thank you. I want to just praise you. I just want to tell you how awesome you are. You know, like prayer is more than just requesting, you know, prayer. One of the acronyms for prayer, the first one is praise, you know, acknowledging who he is and awesomeness, right? So praising him can be your prayer, <laughs> you know, enter his course with thanksgiving and his course with praise. Like before I even ask you for something, I just want to tell you, you're the bomb. You are awesome. Everything you do is great. <laughs> you know, you're amazing. You're marvelous in all that you do, everything. And that's all I want to let you know. I'll talk to you later. Like, do we always have to need something? <laughs> so just, I feel like sometimes we don't just go to God, um, First, it's a last resort, and it's after we have went to man, after we have cried about it to someone, after we have vented to someone else who can't help you or didn't give you the word of God. Um, we just need to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. Um, and I think um, this might have been a listener question, but just, you know, we have so many people that have such a, um, a fear of praying. Um, especially out loud um, and, and the midst of other, other crowds. And, you know, you have people that as you hear them pray, you know, um, they sound the same when they pray. Like, you know, their cadence of like, you know, how many times they say Father God or Lord Jesus when they're praying. Like, you can you just know when that's going to come up. Like every five words, kind of like a black preacher. So like every three words, like, you know, that's going to come out. Right? So you can almost like recite his sermon for him. Like almost prayer has become like that as well, where like you can tell, like I got to have my eyes closed and I can tell you who's praying based on how they pray. It's almost like that in a sense of like we've developed a fear, and I think there's some pitfalls uh, to prayer. Um, there's a, a good quote, and it says, um, "The question is one that none can answer, uh, none but you can answer. Whether you attend public worship or not, your minister knows. Whether you have family prayers in your house or not, your relationships know. But whether you pray in private or not is a matter between you, yourself and God. So, like that's one thing you can hide is whether or not you're praying, like." It's not like we walk around saying, hey, did you pray today? Like, that's just between us and the Lord. And so if we're not doing it or if we just do it real quick or if we're only asking for things for ourselves, like that's only between us and the Lord, right? Because that's our conversation. Um, and so it's one of those things where there's a fear because we don't know how to do things beyond asking for stuff. Um, like you said, like we don't really know how to honor the Lord uh, in reverence. <laughs> um, and so just kind of want to go through a couple of of what I would call deterrence to prayer. Um, we started off defining what prayer was. And so uh, second is the deterrent to prayer. And I would say these all start with F. So if you're not taking any notes, or you don't have anything in front of you, just kind of remember these Fs. But these are some things that I think probably hinder the ability to pray. And this might have been a listener question. In some facet, um, it might come up in this. Stop me if you want to highlight something. But um, the first F is frequency. Like we don't pray enough. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we kind of are conditioned as at least American believers is like, we pray when we wake up, you know, thank you Lord for waking up in the morning. Um, we pray over meals and we pray right before we go to bed. And it's like all of those prayers kind of have a regiment to it. Like it's, it's a mundane prayer that it always sounds the same. Like, you know, when we pray over our meals, that sounds the same every time. Like when we wake up, Lord, thank you for another day, you know, bless me today as I go to work. And in the night, same thing, Lord, I pray for your protection. Thank you for what you've done. Like it kind of has the structure to those three prayers. And this really, it's a, it's such a monotonous thing that it's almost like it doesn't have any power because we're not saying anything differently. Like if I could just recite a prayer, like it's almost like I'm not even talking to God. I'm just saying what I know I'm supposed to say. And I'm just kind of checking a box in a sense. And so I think if we can practice 
knowing how to pray and like you said thinking about different components of prayer um you know bible says pray without ceasing the 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 cool thing about that is that if you can think about the fact that we have to we conversate all the time with people like i don't know a single person that has a voice that doesn't talk now there's some people that talk more than others right but like if you have the ability to speak you do right i know there's some people who are shy some people are introverts i get all of that but if you got a mouth you're talking so when you hear people say like, man, I really don't know how to co- come to God. Like it's because you're choosing not either, there's either a fear of like, I don't know how to respect it. And that's also another uh, F a d- deterrent to prayer is that we don't know how to come to a heavenly father. Right. Some of us might not even have a relationship with our earthly father. And so we, it would just be awkward. Like if we met the president's like, man, like, do I, do I bow? Do I like, what do I do? Like we kind of have that going, but again, it's the frequency of like, if you can come to God, and also recognize, like he says, like we have the confidence to come boldly to the throne of grace. Like it is a throne, so recognize who you're coming to. But we should have the ability, just like my kids. I don't, sit, I don't sit on a golden chair in my house and say, okay, like you can only come to me from the hours of six to nine, and you better come correct. Like I don't say that to my children, right? <laughs> like my children know I'm their father, and I provide for them, and that's my responsibility. And they get to come to me freely and ask me anything they want, and I'm not gonna disregard that that request the same thing with the with our heavenly father is that we can come to him in all things and again i mentioned the parking situation like again something that seems real mundane but i don't fear coming to the lord but at the same time i have to recognize that there should be a heavenly fear and a respect when i come to the lord so again the, the more we practice it uh, the more that it'll it'll come kind of come more as a routine and and we'll have a more of a comfort in that um and again just the fervency um is another deterrent is recognizing that there's an 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 effect to the faith of our prayer so just like my kids sometimes they might be a little persistent um and what they're asking and the first time i might have said no but the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much right so as we come to the lord with persistence and a desire and saying lord like i i I desire you i I want this And, and we come with a tone of humility and submission Sometimes we don't recognize that, again, like we might have the wrong spirit about our fervency. Like, well, I've been asking, like, how come you're not answering? Like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, again, it comes with the respect and the understanding of who God is. He is the the heavenly father who sits on a throne that we have the privilege to come to him, right? And so we don't come arrogantly. We don't come like, hey, Lord, I need you to do this. I need you to move right now. Like, if you don't, like... Like you said earlier, like, I'm going to leave you. (laughs) That's not the way that works. And so, again, we have to recognize um, what our role is in prayer, that we are coming to the Heavenly Father, that we know provides good gifts and has enough for his children. And that should shape the way that, one, we come to him, but, two, that we submit when we don't hear from him. Um, Fluency um, is another one. Is is What are the words that we speak? Um, Donna Whitney says, prayers without variety eventually become words without meaning. So again, talking about all those prayers that we pray all the time, like and I have to break that is when we're praying over meals, like now my kids pray the way that I pray over meals because I taught them how to pray over meals, right? Just like the disciples said, Lord Jesus, like teach us how to pray. We're gonna they're gonna pray the way that they hear prayer being done. So if we don't develop a, a higher the, theology of prayer, then we're gonna see almost these superficial prayers that go out because it's just like, okay, Lord bless our meal, I'll pray to be a nurse to our bodies, like you know, we say the same things over and over and over about our meal, but what if we just flip it one time and say, Lord, I thank you that I have a meal. Like there's so many people that don't have a meal today. Like we're just like, Lord, I don't want to get sick. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's those type of things where again, like we've been taught 
and there's a culture of prayer, but prayer is, is, is communion. Prayer is from the heart. So when you get, when you see God for who he is and you realize that he's more than just a provider and you see the different characteristics of God, that should shape your prayer because you'll start to insert those into prayer. Like you're going to realize that God is not just a provider, but he's, he's wonderful. He's matchless. He's, um, you know, all these different characteristics that become the nature of what you pray. But if you only know God is like, I asked and he gave, like, that's all you get to say is, hey, Lord, I'm asking. Hey, thank you. And that's all that the translates in your prayer is just, I'm asking, I'm receiving, I'm grateful. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that can be real. Um, just like if, if a natural person came to me and all they did was ask me for stuff, I'm like, hey, like, can we just kick it today? You know what I'm saying? Like, you always want something for me. Like, we would feel some type of way about a natural relationship. And how do you think the Heavenly Father feels that all we do is come to him when we want something or we need something? And that shapes what we think of him because it's not a relationship. He's now a genie. So, again, that might even be uh, part of why we don't receive certain things. Is again, the Bible says we ask amiss that we may consume it upon our own lust. So, we have passions and desires that we want that have nothing to do with the Lord, but we know we can get it if we ask him. So, we'll just ask him because what well, he he owns a cat on a thousand hills. So let me just ask the Lord and then let me do what I need to do over here. Like, at what point do we ever say, Lord, like, I need this, but it's for this purpose. And Lord, I know that you are a provider. You would never leave your children stranded. So Lord, when you bless me, I will do this with it. Like, it's not just like, Lord, give me, give me. But it's like understanding the nature and the purpose of why we ask for something that can kind of shape, again, the theology of why are we asking for it? And is it just because I want more or do I genuinely need this? And if the Lord didn't give it to me, where would I still be? And would I still honor him if I didn't get a yes to this? So let me just interject because I am collecting some things here. So um, you kind of have hit the one question that um, one of our listeners said, um, so she was talking about struggling with um, prayer and the confidence in her prayers and praying out loud, um, being that self-conscious, thinking that other people can pray better than you. And all of the things that you said, I feel like address this matter. Um, even the top, the point of shyness, like you cannot be a shy person. Like you literally can be a person who would not describe themselves as a shy person. But at the same time, when it comes to prayer, that's when the shyness manifests. Um, also, the other part of that is um, when you said about, about having faith in your prayer, I feel like a lot of that is tied to people's worthiness. Um, a lot of people feel unworthy to either pray at all, to ask for what they're asking for, to say anything at all of whatever it is that they're going to say. Um, so they just feel like, how can I even come to the Lord? Why should I even you know, pray at all and all these things? So um, again, that I think really you hit it on the head when you talked about the heavenly father aspect, because when you really accept that God is your father and that you are his child and that he loves you and you look at him like that, then you will, that shyness will not be a factor. Um, that, Word, that sense of unworthiness will not be a factor because at the end of the day, there's not one person who should feel worthy because none of us are like none of us were. I mean, literally, he said that all of our righteousness was as filthy rags, like all of us had went astray at one point. Um, so there was nothing that made us worthy except for him loving us first and him cleansing us and him saying that I deem you worthy. So I make you worthy. Um, 
So we could never earn a position. We can never earn a state of feeling like I should be able to approach you now. But because he said that we can approach him, come with it. Be just for me. I think the biggest thing, and, and this is what why it's so important to develop a relationship with God, because when you develop your own relationship with him, then this all of what we're saying now it tailors that thing so that you will be able to pray those specific um, individual distinctive prayers and it won't be monotonous the same all the time every day. But what, for me, one of the things that has been for as far back as I can count in my life, and it's been a consistent thing, God is not only my father, but he has been my comforter. Do you hear me? I mean, my comforter. When you look at that Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, and he talks about that the Lord comforts us with the comfort. We come for others with the hope that we receive from the Lord. There are so many times that I have gone to the Lord in prayer, but not asking for anything, just literally weeping. All I could do was just cry and tell him. You know, it's just like when you're a kid and you go to school and something happens and then you go out, run home and then you see your mom or your dad and then you just cry and tell them what happened at school. That's what I have done for uh, like childhood, teenage years, grown 20s, 30s and now 40s. I literally will just cry and lay on the, and one and I will just share this one time just real quick. Um. This was like 15, almost 15 years ago now. There was one instance of me just having a moment of prayer with God. And I literally just imagined myself. Um, I was in my room and I was just kneeling down and I was just weeping to the Lord about the situation. And I physically felt like as if God just was like stroking me like I was laying in his lap just to comfort me. And I just felt like yeah. I could just when I looked down, I just saw like a blue robe. And that's all I saw was like a lap and a blue robe. And I just felt like I was being embraced by God. So that's how close and tangible that God can feel. When he says he's close to the brokenhearted, he is really that close to the brokenhearted. Like he is that real. If you make it that real, you know, if you make him allow him to be that real for you. So I'm just saying that um, I encourage people to dig in and let him be who he is to you, who he wants to be to you, because that's what he said he is for us. Um, and then the other point that I just want to say, because you ended on this note, and then, then I'll just let you go back into your next thing, is um, you hit the point of you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And so you've talked a little bit, um, but how do we ask rightly? Like if you, if you look at this and you dissect that verse, you ask, but you don't receive. You, because here's why you don't receive because you asked wrongly. So how am I to ask rightly in order to receive? And then he says, continuing, you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So we have to understand that like, sometimes we just have super, we are superficial prayers, people who pray. We are superficial prayers who produce superficial prayers. So therefore um, we quit, like I had mentioned earlier, when we don't get what we want, but that's because we don't have a relationship with God. We're trying to bargain with him. We want to do, let's make a deal. If you do this, I'll do that. We're very transactional minded. We're not relationship minded. And he knows that we want to do it on our own passion. 
So that just takes me back to Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. And that just simply says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So the things that you think about and the way you think about them is not how God thinks about them. And your way is not God's way. And he is the way. So you have to get your mind transformed. And the only way your mind is going to be transformed is by it being renewed through the word of God. And the loins of your mind are girded up through the word of God. But if you don't ever develop a relationship with the word and that's him, he is the word. You're never going to go any farther than you already are right now. That's good. Yeah. So let me just kind of figure that out real quick. Um, so there's two passages that speak to confidence and prayer. So uh, one thing as I was uh, going through this is, obviously I believe the Bible has a definition of prayer, but if we ever look for something, we're usually going to go to a dictionary, right? And so one thing that <laughs> baffled me was when I looked at the dictionary of prayer, the first definition said a petition, no, it said a devout petition to God, which means a committed request to God. The last definition said a negligible hope or chance, which basically means that how we view the prayer determines whether we actually trust it's going to happen. So when we're praying, do we trust it as a committed request to a God who can answer? Or we're just like, ah, maybe let's just throw this out there and see what happens. Right. Um, so a couple of scriptures to confirm that. So James 1, 6 and 7 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So there's a way for you to ask <laughs> without having faith. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So when you have a confidence, you also then provide a, a security in your prayer. Again, it might not be how you want it to be answered, but at least when you're coming to the Lord, you're coming with a sense of like, okay, Lord, I'm doing my part that I'm presenting this to you in faith, when you provide that, I'm trusting that you're going to provide because I asked you, assuming you was going to provide, right? Going into Hebrews, um, and I already read the scripture earlier, but I'm going to read the one before it. So I read earlier Hebrews 4, 16, which says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I want to go back to the listener situation because uh, you mentioned that there's, you know, kind of a fear or a hesitance or, you know, do we feel like the Lord is going to answer? Am I worthy? Um, we should be able to be worthy because understanding this, obviously, yes, as individuals, we're not worthy. But Christ dying for us has made us worthy because he put his worth on us. Verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. So that scripture is right before this one about having confidence. So we have a God who sympathizes, who understands, and who is here for us. Just like you said in Isaiah 55, that he's near the brokenhearted. So we have a God who wants to hear from us and trust that he's going to provide when we come to him. So that's the confidence that we should have. But then when you had said about asking uh, that we consume it upon our own lust, this is 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and it is, it is another confidence and says this, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So you have a confidence that you can come to him confidently. Like there's no barriers. You don't have to you know, pay rent. You can just come on in. 
you have confidence to do that, but then there's also a confidence that not only can I get to the door, but I trust that he's going to answer when I asked for it. Only when you're asking in his will, though. And so it's funny that you said, like, how do we know that what is his will versus us is, again, going back to the James passage, it says that you can spend it on your passions. So is it your will or his will when you're asking for it? So if you're asking for something that you feel like, man, like, again, Lord, I want a Cadillac. Are you comfortable with him just giving you a car? Are you going to be real specific? Like, Lord, it has to be a Cadillac with 22s. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have that bump bump. Like, are you that serious about it? Or can you just be like, Lord, I just need to get around because you know that I, I need to get to what I need to do. So, Lord, I don't even really care if it takes 15 minutes to start and I got to warm it up. Lord, I just need to go do your will. That's the difference between the heart. Again, we're out here assuming, like, we want exactly what we want. That's our passion. If God said, hey, I gave you a bucket out there, but you're like, what is that? We don't even see the Lord in that situation because that's a blessing. And we look at it as like, man, I'm about to get clowned. But is that person that's counting you walking though? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's the situation is like, man, like we have to look at, are we looking at God when we're praying? Or are we looking at us like, okay, God, like I'm going to throw this out there. But like, you know, it's like those dangerous prayers are like, Lord, like use me. But we want to be real specific, like use me in my state, like only within 20 minutes of my vicinity. Like, I don't want to say like, use me. And then you're going to send me to Zimbabwe. Like, so we get real, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we want to hear from God, but then again, we have that like negligent hope of like, uh, I don't really want to say use me or like give me boldness because then he's asking me to say something that I, I really should have said. Like Galatians six one, like go ahead and go to your brother and correct him gently. Like like really, I don't like conflict. But then you really ain't asking that prayer. Like, did you ask that prayer for real, for real, or was you just like only when it suited what you thought it was going to be? You know what I'm saying? So again, we have to look at the Lord. Like, the Lord is all about sanctifying us. We're not perfect people. Like, there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of times I prayed some prayers. And I was like, Dad, Lord, like, you might really send me somewhere. Like, I'm not really about that life yet, but work on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I have to be challenged that, like, even when I pray, I'm like, mm, like. I didn't, like, I kind of let that open ended, you know what I'm saying? Like, but again, that's us assuming that God is going to answer it exactly the way that we asked it when God is like, look, I created you, you know what I'm saying? Ephesians 2, like, I created you before the, the foundations of the world. So I know what I want from you. So when you pray, like, you're only praying with what you see around you. But I've been knowing this for thousands of years. I know what you was going to do. So when you pray, like, if you're praying in my will, that means you're aligned with what I wanted from you and intended for you. And I'll give it to you when you're trusting that I have the best for you. So that's, I think, again, needs to shape our theology of prayer. It's like, it's not about us. Like, yes, we want some things, but God is hearing that when he hears him in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we want what he wants, he's like, okay, I got you. Don't respect that. But we hear so much of us in it that he's like, they ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? So we have to really get to that place where we're recognizing that prayer is not about us especially when we're going to the person that can grant and we're talking to him, you know what I'm saying? But yet we're waiting for him to like give everything to us. And we're not even really allowing him to be him and his greatness because we we're trying to pigeonhole a great desire for us when it's like, if I give you this, you're going to miss out on everything else because you asked for this and you don't even see that. So I'm hoping that by me saying no to you and by continuing you hearing the message that you hear for the, I might, shut down for six months but in these next six months i want to break you down to hear the humility that you need and to break the pride before i grant the request so that way when you got it like man like i had to walk but praise the lord i still got to work i had to ask for rides but praise the lord i still got to work like you'll have a greater appreciation for things because you waited as opposed to like man i didn't get the cadillac that really would have got me to work sooner but you still got there you didn't lose your job 
You still made it through. That's what the Lord wanted you to see. But we have such a, a finite understanding of that, that when we hear no, we just hear, oh, I guess you don't want me to have it. Well, I don't, but why? You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people say hindsight is 2020 because the Lord sometimes has to like rebuke us in our hindsight to realize that, okay, if I gave it to you, this is what you was going to lack. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a fear to praying, but there should be a confidence if we trust that the Lord is for us and not against us. Yeah. And the only thing I would add to those, that is just like, you know, as well by knowing his word and that gives you confidence. And then you only build confidence by doing like, you're never going to build confidence, in something that you don't do. So if we're talking about being more confident in prayer, you have to practice prayer. And the only way to practice prayer is to pray. So the more you pray and the more often you pray, the more confident you will feel. But, you know, that's with anything that we do. So any other thing that we want to build confidence in, how else are we going to do it without actually doing the thing? So, um, yeah, um, that's really good. So just to make sure that we get in our last listener question or just another one, because I know that there's all kind of thing, but um, how we've said all these things, um, but just at this point now, we we talked about all the components and elements. And honestly, we could probably do all of 2024 on prayer, like uh, literally the whole season of prayer. But um, how would you um, instruct someone? Like they've heard all this stuff, um, just kind of bringing it all together. Like how would you recommend someone? Like where, where do we start if, you know, whether we're at level one, how do we start from here today to pray? Um, and even for, you know, to me, I feel like people who are even more seasoned should not be ashamed to come back to level one, ground zero, you know, to, to build, you know, and, and grow from there. So maybe they'll layer that faster, but just where would you just, where can we start for prayer? Sure. Um, I think recognizing the communion portion of it, um, something that I thought as I was kind of preparing this is that we expect our prayers to reach heaven, but we don't. Like, we don't seek God, we just seek his hand sometimes. So we're expecting like this lofty prayer to go up and like God just grants it, but we wouldn't give our attention to God as much as we expect our, our prayer to reach the attention of God. So it's like, if we can't devote time to just really just sit in his presence and soak, um, why is it that we expect a prayer to to hit the pinnacle? Um, just like as if like my kids would hand like I just want a hand out. But if they didn't love me, I would think, why should I provide for you if you don't love me? So I think really just getting to recognizing what prayer is from the communion standpoint. So um, kind of just a couple of questions um, like a who, what, when, where, why uh, when it comes to prayer. Um, and this is kind of I guess just in a generic sense. Um, and really just, you know, you kind of get in where you fit in with this, but, um, first thing is who should pray, um, all believers, right? <laughs> I mean, I think if we've already established that is not only, um, our request, um, but also communion that we realize that how else are we going to have to spend time with God if we're not praying? Um, you know, obviously we know the word is the Lord. Um, and so. You know, are we are we reading the word? Are we allowing that to penetrate? Are we praying and meditating on that? Um, are we worshiping? Um, are we have is our conversation seasoned with wanting to commune with the Lord? Again, the Bible says um, pray without ceasing. So, you know, are we spending a habit? Are we habitually wanting to talk to the Lord, or is it just kind of like 
when we think about something that we're wanting is that's when we're, we're choosing to pray. So um, recognizing that this is our responsibility is as believers is to have a relationship with the Lord. Um, Luke 18, one says he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So um, it's a commandment to pray. <laughs> it's not something that we think, man, you know, if you don't have any needs and you just want to just go to church and, and serve, that's fine. But if you're not praying, <laughs> that's where the effect comes from. Like that's, the power and the reliance comes from as you choosing to pray. It's not just because you need something um, and, and you have wants, but realizing that you can do nothing without Christ. So you need to pray <laughs> as a result of that. So, uh, you know, first and foremost is everybody should pray. Um, what should we pray about? Everything. <laughs> um, you know, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So again, there's many types of prayer. You mentioned praise, uh, you know, there's, there's confession, you know, like Psalms 51. Um, there's intercession when we're praying for others. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, when you talk about what are some things we could do, if you think that you're a person that prays a lot about yourself, pray for somebody else, like just spend a day and don't ask God for a thing and just intercede. You feel like you're prideful, like think about what you are and try to do the opposite. So if you're prideful, Focus your attention on being humble and pray and just worship, like pray, like God, like try to focus on honoring the Lord in your prayer. Just, hey, God, I just want to say good morning. You're wonderful. Thank you for another day. Amen. Like, don't ask for anything. Don't think about yourself. Think about God or think about somebody else. So um, those are good things is to try to do the, the opposite form of prayer um, from what you are typically accustomed to. Um, when should we pray? At all times, <laughs> again, for Thessalonians five seventeen, right? Without ceasing, which means you don't stop. Um, you're in a spirit of continually praying. And again, if we're always thinking about something that has to occur for us to pray, we're not in a mode of prayer. Um, and so, that develops your intimacy when you're always praying. Um, where should we pray? All places. Um, I think you know it's a a traditional custom that we always have to be on our knees when we're praying, um, or be at the altar when we're praying. But you pray in the car. You can pray in the shower. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could pray anywhere um, in the movie theater. Like I, I drove by an accident the other day and you see people, you know, stopping and, 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 you know, doing that. And I'm praying, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lord bless them. I don't know if, if someone was deceased or, you know, that could have been me, Lord, five seconds ago. Like those are some of the things, you know, again, just developing a culture of every circumstance. Like I can't get out the car and really contribute, but I can pray. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's something that we can do. Um, why should we pray? Because everything depends on prayer. Everything depends on the Lord. If we trust the Lord um, for our provision, then that means that we have to be willing to pray in order to seek that provision and to give him uh, our heart to say, Lord, like I am relying on you. Not just like it's an assumed, but we're actually giving back to say, Lord, like I'm giving this to you. I'm releasing this to you and letting you work. And our prayer kind of allows him to respond. If we don't speak, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So if you're not allowing the Lord to do him, you're not even given the opportunity because you didn't speak up. So uh, prayer kind of puts the ball in our court to allow God to put the, have the ball in his court. Second um, Thessalonians 1, 11 says, To this end we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So we're just giving him that ability to exercise his power. Um, and then uh, just real quick, just three things I think that prayer does is it develops a relationship. Um, it develops a reliance upon him. So it's a dependence that we're giving to him. And then it's a response as we're allowing God to take control. And so we're releasing ourselves to him uh, through prayer. And then lastly, how should we pray with all of our heart, soul, and mind? 
in the spirit, submitting to the Lord, not thinking about ourselves, but thinking about the will of the Lord and submitting to whatever answer he provides back to us because he knows what's best for us. That's perfect because I mean, you pretty much are answering the final part of her question too, because you know, all of that um, being said, she said, is there a right or a wrong way to pray? And the verse that comes to my mind, um, there is no right way to pray. That means that we all have to follow the same, like, like you said, we sound the same, we're doing the same thing, you know, that whole kind of thing. But there is a wrong way, according to Matthew chapter um, six, verses five and six. Um, do you want to read that real quick? Do you have that? Yeah, sure. I have it right here. Uh, Matthew, five, sorry, Matthew six, five and six says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So the reason why that um, it says that they have the reward is because the reward is to be seen. The reward is the pride. So as they pray... <laughs> they got what they wanted. They they were seeing people think they're all that because they were able to pray out loud and people noticed them and they thought they were super spiritual and all that. But when you pray, and not to say that every time you have to pray, they should go into your room, but the spirit of humility that you, you're not looking for somebody to, to pat you on the back and say, man, you prayed. Thank you so much for praying. And you're awesome. But you decided to take that in secret and allow the Lord to do his thing and that the Lord shined, not you. Um, so not to say that you can't ever pray out loud and that this is commanding you not to pray out loud or pray in public, but the spirit of praying in public should always be that you're praying to the Lord. You're not praying for accolades because you sound super gifted and all that. And if you even move down uh, into the passage, it says, um, you know, don't pray in vain repetitions and don't use a lot of words. So it's not like you have to pray for an hour and, and feel super qualified to pray. Like, what did you say and who did you say it to? It's the spirit of, are you giving God the reverence and are you giving God the control, not looking at yourself as like, I have to do it right. Because there is not a right way of just like, every prayer has to look just like this. I mean, we all pray every day. They all look different and the Lord almost prayers left and right. And it's not like he said, hey, if you don't do this, I'm not hearing you. But he gave a spirit and a heart by which he would hear you, not a template of you have to say these things in order for that prayer to qualify. And this is the last thing I would say. I would encourage everyone to read all of Matthew 6 because um, even if you continued on to the rest of that from like 27 on down to 33 will encapsulate everything else that we had talked about too. Um, it talks about not worrying. It talks about the things that you're praying for. So not to be worrying about your food and where food is coming from, what you're going to eat tomorrow, what you're going to wear. God knows the things that you need. So seek him first, his his righteousness and everything else he'll add to you. So I think just reading Matthew 6 is really helpful when it comes to prayer um, because it helps you to really let go and know that, you know, when we pray, the reason why we have to pray every day and so much for every day is because everything relies on God, like you said, um, but we need God to do every single thing. And he only gives us what we need for today. So I'm praying all throughout today to get through the next hour, to get through this episode, to go through dinner, to go through the rest of my day, to go to sleep. And then tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to have to wake up in the morning and pray again for tomorrow's day. And, you know, he gives me what I need for that day. 
So if we approach it like that, knowing that it's like, hey, you know, the best thing I can say about this on a personal note is just real quick. My daughter will call me throughout the day if there's things that she just wants to talk about. She wants to run something by me. She has decisions she's mulling over and things like that. She can call me up to who knows how many times a day. But if there's someone in your life, whether that's your parent, whether that's your significant other, your best friend, that you feel that you have them, Jesus on the main line type of situation, tell them what you want. Um, If you're constantly in communication and contact with that person, running your play-by-play, your day-by-day things to them, you can go to God just like that. Like, hey, Lord, I'm in the bathroom at work. This is what's going on. Or I'm in the corner. I'm actually doing work. I don't have to go to the bathroom to have the altar in there. I can be literally at my desk and have the altar right here, be communicating with God. So just know that God is always available. He is welcoming you at any time to come to him at all times. So I just wanted to put that out there too. Sure. And yeah, just lastly, uh, you know, when you talked about um, you know, those people who feel guilty, um, you know, confess. If, if there's a reason that there is some shame or there's a sin, confess. Because, you know, when you confess, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you, the sins of cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So you might have a, a legitimate reason as to why you feel the way that you feel, present that to the Lord and then come back. And if that's something that you feel you're struggling with, I'd encourage you to read Psalm 50 and 51 because, you know, that's David in his confession and what he said. So again, it doesn't remove you. Your sin does not remove you from the presence of God. Your sin might separate you, but if you continue to stay in that sin or you continue to stay separated, that should draw you back to the Lord when you realize that you're in sin. So again, that goes back to relationships. You know, you're going to feel shame if you don't have that that right relationship. Whereas for us, we recognize the conviction is like, I need to come back to the Lord and I need to stay close to him and connected to him. So um, yeah, and whatever your situation is, don't allow that to continue to hinder your prayer because you have to recognize that prayer is what's gonna keep you connected to God. And if you want that connection, you're gonna wanna resolve that hindrance so that you can continue to move forward in prayer. So um, last thing is I would just think of prayer as worship. And if you're always talking about yourself, who's being worshiped? So prayer is about the Lord and prayer is about our relationship with the Lord. So we have to have a relationship with God that brings him back to the circle. <laughs> it's not just about us. And so, yes, the Lord says, bring your request to him. But he also says, honor me, worship me. And if you think about the example in Matthew 6, which I'm, I'm glad you, you hyped that, is it starts with our father, hallowed be your name. So it's not about, hey, Lord. I'm here and I need something, but it's like, hey, I thought of you first. My request didn't come to way down like four or five verses in. Honor the Lord first, then you can present yourself um, and whatever your request is. So, yeah, a lot could be said, and, and there's much more that we can we can add to this. But if you have more questions or or just want to dig in deeper, um, you know, we'd love to just continue to chop it up with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this. I have loved it immensely, and. Um, would you just do us the honor of praying us out? That's, that's lofty. <laughs> After all this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Father in heaven, you are great. Uh, you are wonderful, Lord. And I thank you for being you first and foremost, Lord. Uh, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to talk about such a such a topic that's necessary, such a topic that is um essential to our walk with you, Father, and um, forgive us for the times that we've made it about us. Um, And 
primarily about us, Father. Um, we know that your word says that we can present our requests to the Lord, um, but that's not all that you uh, have directed us to do, Father. And so, Lord, uh, forgive us for the times that we've neglected worship, uh, that we've neglected praying for others, and even just neglected being uh, content in what you've given us, Father. Um, Lord, we want not only our prayers to reach heaven, but we want our hearts to reach heaven as well, Father, and um, help shape our hearts towards you, Father. I pray that this was an encouragement and a motivation to uh, to be better in prayer, Lord. I, I know even uh, praying uh, and going through this, Lord, that it was even just a, a stirring of my spirit, Lord. So, Lord, as we start this year off uh, with spiritual disciplines, I pray that everything we would recognize would be grounded in prayer, Lord, that we couldn't do anything without you, Father. And so help us to continue to I have a spirit of prayer. Lord, whatever uh, stage we are at now, I pray that there will be growth um, over the coming weeks and months and uh, over this year, Father, that uh, those that desire to, to uh, truly uh, be applicable, uh, that they would be to see fruit and, and truly uh, take this discipline to heart, Father, because uh, it is necessary, Father. And um, there's no power uh, without, uh, without you, Father. And so we can do nothing apart from you. And so help us to realize that and help us to continue to rely on you and to trust you for all things. And Lord, when your prayers are not answered, when we, um, when we fall short, um, Lord, let prayer again, be our guide father. And, uh, let us trust you. Let it, let your word minister to us, father, and, uh, let us grow this year together and, uh, use us, um, in whatever capacity that you see fit to be able to sharpen those that uh, we come in contact with. And um, just for all of us as believers, Lord, that we uh, desire the culture of prayer and that we will continue to shape it and mature it, Lord, in this uh, wonderful and uh, necessary component to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord bless y'all. Uh, until next month, another discipline. Um, yeah, this is going to be the theme for uh, 2023 is just uh, maturity and growing in Christ. And uh, you know, I just praise the Lord because that's kind of where we started. You know, with this whole thing is uh, we wanted spiritual maturity to just kind of be lame. Uh, we wanted to be family talking to family. And so it's just great to come. But I had to come back full circle in, in season three and just see the fruit of, um, you know, taking it deeper and, and kind of another level of our, our faith and getting to the nitty gritty of some, some things that, you know, what are some things that we do regularly? You know, we talked about certain topics, but now this is just kind of, you know, that individual of like, what are you doing uh, in Christ? And so uh, I'm, I'm super excited about this year and the topic and, uh, just to see what the Lord does as, as we grow together. Um, we're not exempt from learning and I appreciate the fact that we're always students and that we can learn and grow from each other and that we challenge each other. And so uh, I'm excited about uh, this year. Uh, so uh, stick with us. Uh, we got a lot coming. And um, if you want to be disciplined, I, I know almost every believer that I've come in contact with in, in January um, has desired to grow intentionally. And so uh, this is definitely going to be a season where um, if you stick with us, th these topics will, will really challenge and, and bless your life if, you, if you're desiring that. Thank you for listening to Her Bro, His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Her Bro Kisses.